I am unashamed. What about you? So we're back on unashamed. This last week we have been traveling all across the fruited plains of America. So I thought that's where we begin. Zach's going to be coming at some point. He had a big high-level phone call. Hmm. He's got a lot of those these days. You know, he's a movie mogul now. He's been working on The Blind. Yeah. Since he's not here to promote it, he sent word ahead for me to promote theblindmovie.com. Wanted me to tell folks to go there. to Seriously? Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> he, he, now, he, now he's sending word ahead for me to promote the movie, Dad, to, to plug it. So I'm interested to see it. What is there a target date uh, or a target it's, year? It's, it's this year. It's oh, it's coming out yeah, this year. it's coming year. out this year. I think September 22nd. So if you go to theblindmovie.com, you can sign up and they'll send you, I think, like a newsletter and different updates on the movie. And different, I think there's a trailer now that you can watch. Oh, there is. Yeah, that's what I understand. So seemed like he would have sent that to us so we could watch it. Well, and I could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll ask him. Pro- we'll get. I probably, I probably should have got more information. We'll get clarification when Zach joins us if he does. It'll be interesting to see if. That well, happens. we all know. So, so you can't see it. Those of you watching that watch our podcast on YouTube, but there's a monitor here, so Zach just pops in like magic, and that's how we know he's. Yeah. Gracious with his. That's one of those guys that sometimes he'll say, "Hey, I'll be right over," and he never shows up. <laughs> well, that's right. He, he is. He has those tendencies. Exactly. We never quite know. Actually, so tomorrow after we do our podcast tomorrow, Lisa and I are going to. We got to do ours a little bit early because we're going to hop on a plane and we're actually flying up to Black Mountain, actually to Asheville, and so we'll get to see the Dashers for a couple of days. So I'm looking okay. forward to that. So we'll have some. High level meetings, I'm sure, with the So, so we all traveled. So, I thought we would spend a few minutes telling about our travels, how that went. So, I don't know who wants to go first. Phil better go first. So, Dad, yeah, so you don't try, you travel the least among everybody at this table. That's correct. So, you, you went to uh, the birthplace of Elvis, Tupelo, Mississippi. Yep. And so you now you teased on the last podcast. You said you almost told us what you were going to do, and you didn't. I hope you you remember. You said you were going to do something you've never done before, and you almost told us, but then you didn't because we said wait and tell us later. So what did you do in Tupelo, Mississippi, that you've never done before? My mind, my mind went back in time, and. Hmm. Some of the people at Duck Commander said, this is your 50th year. I said, 50 years? Yep, that's right. We celebrate. Well, it brought me back to the, the time when I was, when we first started branching out. You give them a duck call demonstration on how to call ducks. Yep. Various species. At that time, we didn't have all the species. We didn't have a gadwall call. We didn't have a teal call, a pigeon Pintail. We wood, were mallard hen. Wood duck. Wood duck. Wall. Yeah. We didn't have that 50 years ago. Oh, we, Susie. We're just working on, on on one duck call, mallard duck call. And that's most. So that morphed into what we now have is numerous species. Yep. So I said, you know what I ought to do? The, these particular duck calls I've been wearing around my neck when I get to the duck blind. They were about, most of these duck calls were about a decade old. Mm-hmm. The other night, they were a decade old, hanging off my neck. I just wanted to show them what I do because it's been, I'm in Tupelo, never been there, I don't think speaking. So I said, I just think I'll just give them a demonstration on the, all these various ducks because, you know, and it was just like a stone silence. I mean, it was not a person was moving it was, about all, a, it was about a thousand people ben told me and it was a sellout you couldn't get another sellout, person in the said. room so there was a meet and greet for about an hour i'm standing there meeting the good folks that, that were there but uh, the idea was to garner as much money as you could to help the, the, the orphans yep and the, it was a it was for a pregnancy center yep yep so one of the sisters there started that, and she is to be commended. I can't think her name. I'll have it for you later. But but anyway, I said, you know what I think I'll do? So I blew all the duck calls. Here's a wood duck. Here's a little teal. Here's a gadwall. Here's a 
here's a pintail. You know, here's, so I showed them all the duck calls, the wood duck. And then I just took it off my neck, my duck calls, and I did about a two round or three. And I slung them and they took off. There was kind of a scramble where they hit. <laughs> but I said, okay, now we're getting somewhere. Somebody held up the, my land, you know. I said, that is a gift from me. I've never done that before. I said, but oh, they, that was your idea. The old throw the duck calls into the crowd. That's better than you like being pushed around the crowd, like diving into the crowd. Body serve. And then people, is that what they call body it? Body serve. Because that I, I would pay thought, money for. I just thought after the demonstration, somebody might. And no telling if they're hanging on their wall somewhere, they'll have that and they tell a little story about. It. That was that was an Elvis move. That's something Elvis would have done. You reckon? Yeah. Well, Elvis has done that. I'm he far, did that. far from old Elvis, that's for sure. But in the birthplace of Elvis, Dad did an Elvis because he he's he was known. You know, one of our sisters, Rhonda, when he came to Monroe, he took off a necklace. And or well, first he took off a handkerchief, and she was a little girl, and he 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 went to give it to her, and some woman came up and snatched it out of her hand, and he saw it, and it made him it made him angry, because this grown woman snatched it out of this little girl's hand, and Rhonda started crying, she was just a little old girl, and so he called her up on stage, and he took off one of his expensive necklaces and put it on her neck. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's how that happened. One of uh, our good friends. I don't have any Elvis. You're kind of a Elvis buff, I guess. Well, I, I just remember the story. I don't have any Elvis. Uh, but you did that. You slung those duck calls out into that audience. I just thought it'll I'd probably, be, It'll probably be on eBay. <laughs> this is bringing back a- It's probably on eBay by now. I mean, if you just slowed down to, to mention it, you know, after 50 years of building duck calls, and it's into the millions now of duck calls we've sold. So it was just a thought I had. I said, I think I'm That's going. pretty cool. Some some lucky person has, how many calls was it, eight or ten? Probably? Yep, about eight, seven or eight. About On your eight. lanyard, blown by Phil well, Robertson. See, if I would have got them, I would have had to de-germ them. <laughs> it would have been, you know what I mean? <laughs> I spit a little tobacco juice yeah, in them, and I'll be all right. That's a valuable gift. I would love to hear from that person. If Send me an email. And I would love to hear that. Before you tell yours, I'll tell mine because I'm sure yours. Well, is- I was just going to make a comment about the Elvis. I mean, the it's bringing back a painful memory because, you know, Elvis, I've shared this before. He died on my birthday, <laughs> which ruined my birthday party. You always make it sound like it's his fault. No, it wasn't well, was his a, fault. I mean, look. A, this I, was I, a g- giving uh you got in the spirit of giving, yeah. Spirit of giving. Which I like that, Dad. So when I was eight years old, you know, we were fixing to do the party. <laughs> and they, I remember it, it comes well, on man. the news, and look, the party never happened. <laughs> it killed now, the party. Fortunately, the Lord intervened, you know, in my life. And, uh, you know, I came to Jesus, and I've forgiven all my <laughs> trespassers because I was <laughs> forgiven his butt. If that hadn't happened, I'm sure at some point in my life, if I would have gone into therapy, you know, I would have gone back to that eight years old and the party that never happened. That was devastating. It never happened. The gifts were not open. The cake was not made. The candles weren't blown out. Finally, at the end of the day, I, those those presents were still laying there on the couch. And August sixteenth, nineteen seventy-seven. Said, you know what? The day the party never happened. I think I'm just gonna get those presents and go take them to my room and have my own party, and that's what I did. It was it was completely forgotten. <laughs> I think it's kind of sad, really. Yeah. And then did we mark it every year after? You, you, the well, then the next year it was like, oh, it's Jay's birthday, but it's a reminder that Elvis died. So then it took, you know, probably five years. But lucky for you, a month later, Jeff was born, and so then everything was right with the world again. Not sure that was the case. It just <laughs> it got forgotten is what I'm saying. Life happens, and sometimes you're... <laughs> You know, wondering. Sorry, sorry to bring up such why, a sad memory. Why the party never happened? So I went to um, I went to Enterprise, Alabama, which is about 
think it's about seven hours from here. And it's kind of in the, I guess, central eastern Alabama. I didn't know much about it. We were in and out quick, but I spoke on behalf of a pregnancy center as well, Dad. And it was a packed house as well. And it was great. What I did know, there's a, in the middle of this town, it's about the size of West Monroe in Enterprise, Alabama, they have several uh, monuments with a statue honoring the bowl weevil in downtown. The bug? The bug. There's like 20-something different statues with, on the top of each one of these monuments is a, is a kind of a giant bowl weevil. And so I was curious. I was like, okay, so what's the deal with the bowl weevil? You know, what, what, this is kind of an honor, you know, bowl weevil. I thought that was kind of a bad dude. You know, they wipe out the cotton. Yeah. And so they said, well, what happened was back in the early 1900s, the bowl weevils wiped out the cotton. And I said, well, this looked like cotton territory. Wasn't that a bad thing? They said, well, it was. But what happened was since the bowl weevil wiped out the cotton, Somebody came up with the big idea that we are to plant peanuts here. So Enterprise, Alabama became the peanut capital of the South and made a lot of money and saved the town, and they became known for peanuts instead of cotton. So to do that. goes in with the theme of our our book that we've been studying. Exactly. The suffering. Produces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. produced an idea. That's exactly uh, right. And somebody, they were smart enough to say, you know what, that that bowl weevil, he did us some good, so we're going to honor the bowl weevils. All these years later, they got all the, I thought that was interesting. So that's what they're known for. Bizarre. Bizarre, but interesting. Yeah. And showing you the flexibility of human beings on how to make a, that's right. make a buck. That's exactly right. Save the town. Sometimes so that, it takes a bowl weevil to jumpstart it. That's exactly right. So that was the, that was Kind of the highlight of my... Well, I went to an island that will be named later, and uh, you know, I can't... you got to be a little cryptic about yours. Yeah, you know, we're... Thanks to you, Unashamed Nation, we're filming... We're, we're deep into the next season of Duck Family Treasure, and it's going quite well. But in this case, uh, we were... The plan was to go off to an island in the Atlantic Ocean... And this was one of the few episodes where it was one of those deals where, like, the TV people were like, we want y'all to go to an island and see what you can find. Because that, you know, that goes back as far as from a historic point of view. I mean, we're going back hundreds of years because, you know, shipwrecks and, you know, Native Americans and then, you know, the people inhabited the island through the generation. So, so they want kind of. A, I was like, so there was no scout is what I'm saying. You know, we're just they going. Want kind of a survivor. They, they just, right? you know, they have these these harebrained ideas. But I'm like, hey, fine with me. I don't mind going to an island. So uh, the. I should have known it was going to be more challenging than usual. Because <laughs> you do have Jep along, and we've already described his well proclivity for... Uh, so me, Jep, and Murray, and the showrunner. Hang on. Before you go any further, we got to take a break. So we, uh, as you guys know, we all are very uh, active in the pro-life movement and have been for a very long time. And... Um, I think we're all engaged in different avenues of it, whether it's uh, Lisa and I are kind of at the front end of it with pregnancy centers and um, right to life. We do a lot on that end of it. Jason, Missy, more on fostering, um, you know, taking care of kids, adoption. Um, I think that's with Will and Corey and Jeff and Jess. So we've all had our different ways to engage because this is such an important thing in our country. It has been, you know, it's, we're talking about kids. We're talking about looking out for them. One of um, the groups that uh, we've walked alongside is a group called 40 Days for Life. And uh, Lisa and I have been engaged with them as well. Lisa's written some articles um, for their newsletter. Since Roe v. Wade, a lot of people thought, man, our work is done. It's actually just beginning. 
because now obviously it's so important in the states. These this particular group, Forty Days for Life, they hold forty day peaceful vigils outside abortion facilities, and so they're going to be stepping that up even more uh, in the states that still have abortion. And so they just have prayer, and they're trying to help obviously women make uh, better decisions. They're having great uh, success because of prayer, and so we want to uh, continue to support these guys. We want to encourage you guys to check out their locations, their podcast, their uh, free magazine at 40daysforlife.com. Stay updated on how abortion is ending in the post-row America. It's a four and a zero, 40daysforlife.com. Check them out. See how you can get involved and support them. 40daysforlife.com. We were going to fly later than the crew because you know the the talent and the and the showrunner they they get set up logistically and you know and then we come in well they filled up the early early flight and you know Monroe's not exactly a giant airport you know you have gate 1 and gate 2 you have airplane 1 and you have airplane 2 well airplane 1 left early and it went cuz we're we're headed east so most people, when you think we're going to go towards the Atlantic on the East Coast, you would fly from Monroe to Atlanta to wherever it is out here in the Atlantic. But the crew had filled up the plane because these planes are small. So we had to go Monroe, Dallas, and then to the East Coast. So that was the plan. So we got there, you know, we're supposed to begin boarding and then they said oh there's a slight delay there's some wind out here and so about an hour into that when we were supposed to get on the plane i told the showrunner i said we need to we need to look for some other transportation she's like well well they haven't told us yet i was like yep but i travel enough to know and we're already going the wrong way. Right. We were looking. There were storms out around Dallas. Better start early. I said, pull the plug now. Start early. So about 30 minutes later, she looked at me. I said, I, I'm telling you, pull the plug. So she then started trying to find out. Long story short, we rent a car. And we drive to the Atlantic Ocean. We arrived almost at one o'clock in the morning. So that's how it got started. We stayed because this island, you cannot fly to nor drive to. You got to take a boat. So then the next morning at 6 a.m., we, we finished the venture and then just filmed for three days like that never happened. There was never a time where we made up for that night of sleep that we did not have. So it was a pretty rough start. So I we get on the island. <clears throat> it was real interesting because the the number one thought I had was the ten plagues of the you know biblical accounts that we read. Well, well two of, they have two, I would say, biblical plagues going on there. Now the we met a couple locals that said when the temperature gets in a ten degree range. These, these two insects flourish, and it was the gnat and the tick. <laughs> I'm talking plague. <laughs> plague level. Tens of millions of gnats that were bloodsuckers. And, and look, we, we held up better because I started covering my skin about 20 minutes into it. I thought this won't work. And the beard and all this stuff that people are like, oh, yeah, you look so rough. You know, well, it comes in handy when you're, you know, a tick's trying to burrow in and get into your left ear. He gets hung up with all the brush that I got on my face. These TV people, I mean, most of them look like they had leprosy at at the end of the event. Oh, Zach's made a surprise (laughs) appearance and... uh, he looks like he has somebody from the military aiding him. I heard a voice. I, I didn't know who that was. So uh, that was that. It was an interesting place. It was it was a jungle. What I learned later, we were on the jungle section. I mean, I kept thinking at any moment, you know, the bad guy in Apocalypto. That maybe if you haven't seen it, it's rated R because it just for violence. I think, yeah. but 
It's a really it's good one movie. Of my yeah, it's it's movies. a good movie. And it's about the Mayans and the place we were at looked like that. And perhaps Jep said a Jurassic Park, you know, he kept thinking that just two dinosaurs were gonna come. Two velociraptors or I mean we were in the jungle. I don't know what else to tell you. It was a full-scale jungle, and it was famous for, you know, snakes and spiders, but and I saw a lot of spiders, but I didn't see any snakes, which I can't believe it. I thought, uh, we'll probably lose a person or two during this venture, but we actually didn't, although I'm sure some of those TV people are in some sort of hospital just <laughs> dealing with the, the they, they were either allergic to the gnat bites or... Well, those they tics, were just well. Ticks could have been full of who knows what. But we saw that a lot in Film and the Duck Dynasty. The a lot of those crews would end up yeah. in hospitals from insects. Yeah, yeah right. And they I were not bothering us at all. But a lot of them little girls had shorts on. I mean, they were just just yeah eating up. Yeah. Well, they were. What's funny is, so when we would meet them at their little house. They when we pulled up, they would all I could hear them all talking about how many ticks they picked off, you know, and like the showrunner had picked two off her back, you know. I mean, it was just just she was screaming about it, you know. I mean, to, <laughs> it actually was quite comical, but uh, so I think when they left, they're like, "Awesome episode, y'all did great. We will never do anything like this again." <laughs> Because <laughs> it was basically inhabited where we were, you oh, know. Yeah. I mean, we just, I mean, and it's amazing. But you know, when you go back hundreds of years, what you you find things here and there, you know, even in the jungle. I mean, it just it was it was quite the uh, three or four days. But I feel like I just dreamed it. I mean, I got back last night and I just collapsed, and it's like I woke up this morning. I'm like. Did that really just happen? I mean, it, it just seemed like I left the planet. I was on some other planet jungle. So, so it, which is what they were going for. I guess I had no idea. I mean, I should have done a little research, I guess. But, I mean, I, I, I don't mind being out in the woods. I mean, I had all the basic, because I just acted like I was going hunting. So I had everything I needed. And I had a few layers on, well, even sure. though it was really hot. It was like extremely warm there which i was surprised at but uh it was just you had to have the layers of clothes just as as armor yeah i mean y'all were much more equipped to handle that scenario than your crew was i mean everybody pretty much jep kept wearing short sleeves and i was like jep but he just didn't have any long sleeve because he's like well i knew it was gonna be hot so he paid the price for that but We'll see. We'll see how it turns out. I mean, what I'm saying is the cast held up better, and the cameraman seemed to be a little more, uh, you know, savvy with the the environment. But all the other people, they were struggling. Tempers were flaring. I heard them yipping and yapping because it just, they're scared. You know, you get out there in the jungle, and they're just not used to it. And uh, so I found it pretty comical. Kind of entertaining amongst themselves, you yeah, know. Right. Man, they were like, "I was like, hey, this was y'all's idea." <laughs> Don't they have something? Or something they go out in the middle of nowhere and drop them off? And oh yeah, yeah, it felt like one of those types of shows. Yeah, you got you shows know. like that, yeah. Boy, I don't even know what the name of it is. Well, there was a naked, few naked, afraid. yeah, naked and afraid. Yeah. Zach, I would like for you to get in touch with Ben and find out <laughs> that woman's name that they invited me to Tupelo. Because of, you know, just because of her work in that area, trying yeah. to save the children. They say they talked 173 women, young women, from from, take, from taking the life of their child. Yeah, actually, year. he sent me, it's, it's called the Park, uh, Park Gate Clinic yeah. in Tupelo. Yeah. They've seen 2,000 clients, and 175 moms have chosen life. Yeah. So. And the oh, sister, awesome. I, I just can't remember the sister. Well, that's name, fine, Phil. Yeah. So what, uh, Zach, what have you been doing? Yeah, we've been telling stories I, of our travels. Have you been traveling any, Zach? Or, you know, we know you I doing. did. I, yeah, I, I went up to Liberty University with Willie and Corey. Yeah, I heard so that. that uh, we, yeah, we, we did our first public screening of, of the film. 
So we did it for the film students at Liberty. Willie and Corey spoke at Convo, which is like their version of chapel, which is about, you know, it's a, it's a big chapel. It's about 15,000 students. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they spoke there, told a little bit about what we were doing, uh, talked about Phil and Kay, y'all's life story. It was, it was good. And then we, that afternoon, we, uh, had a movie theater there for all the film students. Uh, they've got a pretty pretty robust film program at Liberty. I was very impressed with what they're doing. So did that and then uh, flew up there on Thursday and flew, flew back on Saturday. So, yeah, we did a little traveling too. So you mentioned a movie. What what movie are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid to say. <laughs> Al's already right? gave you a plug there. Uh, right, did you already do it, Al? <laughs> yeah, he I did, did it. I did it for, you, for you. I wasn't sure we were, when you were. We were trying it. to check uh, his facts. He said it was going to be out in September. Is that right? Yeah, September 22nd. I mean, you oh, can you, you can go run. to theblindmovie.com and find out. But okay. yeah, if you just listen here, um, yeah. So I, I'm proud of you, Al. I, I brought one over. So yeah. that's good. Yeah. I mentioned it. And uh, if you if you go there, you can get updates, right, on the movie? Yeah, you get all the updates. We're putting up, like, trailers and little behind-the-scenes footage, and we'll have some family interviews. We'll have a uh, – one of the things we want to do I think will be cool, too, is maybe some, like, really big Zoom calls that we'll invite. Um, so that, that's where you're going to find out and get invites to that. But you can come, and we'll have kind of Q&A with different family members throughout the next few months just about what we're doing and – just really interactive. So anybody that's kind of interested in helping be an ambassador, because it's going to take a ton of people. I mean, I'm, that's what I'm realizing. By the way, the Jesus Revolution film is doing real well, uh, which is a good sign for just faith-based films in general. Um, yeah, it's it, the, uh, John and Andy did a great job on that and Erwin uh, Irwin Brothers. Uh, so it's doing well. It came out last week. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a, a good sign for things to come for sure. Which I've, have y'all seen that? Have you guys watched it yet? Now, Lisa and I are planning to see that when we come up and see you guys. Uh, I just shared. I've been in a jungle for about four days, so I, I didn't see anything. I heard the end of that. I was curious. Where was the jungle at? I didn't want to like. Uh, to we were yourself, off but. the Atlantic Ocean in a in a place location. named to be later. Oh, so, so you guys uh, were like in a you were actually in a, on an island somewhere. Yeah, we were on an island. Oh man! I mean, I I I really enjoyed it. I mean. It was that was challenging. I mean, I'd like to have some kind of nat. I kept thinking about your uh, your women's perfume. I just, but I just don't think it would have worked. This this was nats on a plague you level. Needed, you needed uh, Moses for this one. Let's take another break. In fact, the, I heard the cameraman say that. Cause I was like, man, I wish I wish there was some way to capture the amount of gnats. And the cameraman said, "Oh, you're gonna see it. Uh, there's so many of them around y'all during every scene. I mean, it, it's amazing that because you know the first couple of hours I was slapping them because they hurt." When they bite you, but after a while, you know it's just crazy. You just yeah you you went about you, a, you went about two weeks too late. You because you got in on the action right as the weather changed, and that's when they come out. Because what was the yeah. weather there? Probably seventy. And I'll never yeah it was like uh, seventy five to eighty, but uh yeah I'll never complain about pollen either again. You know like oh we got pollen no no. <laughs> This you could see it looked like it was raining. Ooh. It was just oh, yeah. Which the, is why my phrase out. was this place is muggy and buggy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well a lot of people think that that only happens in Louisiana. Then you yeah. get over there on the east coast around South oh, Carolina cool. and, and Georgia. You get all I mean, it's you talking about a swampy. That's right. That is that's about a swamp that's in Florida, North Florida. Yeah. Mall stomping grounds. It's swampy. But you never get too old to enjoy a good adventure. And so everyone, to my knowledge, has lived over the ordeal at this current moment. Yeah. And so, because uh, I don't know, the tick the tick factor, we'll see TBD. how that works out. Yeah. <laughs> TBD on the court. But it just shows you, you know, one of the benefits of, of marriage, uh, you know, because I had to explain to my lovely wife, I was like, I'm going to need a full search for the ticks, you know. <laughs> no country music boy wrote a song about that, you know. 
Yeah. <laughs> you like you want it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's, it's. So now we're back to that wedding night again. Wow, it's go. legal. <laughs> back it's, to that biology. It's very, uh, it's one of the perks of marriage. That's right. Is you get to, and, you get to check your spouse for ticks. Very <laughs> underrated. Because <laughs> ticks can be dangerous. <laughs> You're right. They can. That's exactly right. Well, so are that, we going to do anything spiritual? On that note, or? I guess we better shift back to First Peter. We, Did uh, y'all even go to, are we in First Peter? No, we've been talking about where we went, and I don't know, it just got no, we Yeah, we we're yeah we didn't quite finish the book um we got through the text we didn't do we didn't finish that last little uh, close and there's a couple of interesting things in there that I wanted to mention and then we kind of do a little final uh overview of the book before we move on to second peter but uh <clears throat> we kind of finished all the main themes there in chapter 5 and um through verse uh, 11 but he he does a little final greeting and it was kind of interesting, most of the stuff I read about that is that it's obvious that from most scholars from the Greek that when you get to verse 12, Peter kind of puts his own hand to the pen in, in these last uh, three verses because the, all the syntax and everything changes. So it's like he writes this himself because he says, with the help of Silas, and it's obviously Silas or Silvanus, as some versions say, has, has written the bulk of the text with Peter just giving it to him. It says, with the help of Silas, whom I regard as a faithful brother, I have written to you briefly, encouraging you and testifying that this is the true grace of God. Stand fast in it. And then this is the part that was kind of interesting. She who is in Babylon, so who is she? And then where is Babylon? Chosen together with you, sends you her greetings, and so does my son Mark. And we're assuming that's just John Mark. Greet one He's another. He's not his real son. He's not his real son. But just spiritual son. Right. Uh. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. So these are actually his words. Um kind of in the close, which is kind of typical. Paul does that a lot, too. A lot of scholars argue about what all this means, because at this point, Babylon was a very tiny former version of itself. Right, right. So most think that it was like him using the code, secret Babylon code for he's in Rome and this is the church in Rome because of the Mm -hmm. impending persecution. Right. And I kind of agree with I that. I think so, too. I mean, I mean, it doesn't make any sense, you know, because Peter had well, he's already said been to Babylon. He's already said he's written at the beginning, remember, to the scattered, you know, to the scattered in Asia Minor. And so then he says, together with you, uh, sends her greetings. And so she probably sounds like maybe the church, you know, although some have said maybe it's his wife, but it sounds yeah, like he's talking either about way, the, the it, church in Rome is is, is kind of what most you can't people. get hung up on the information. If you know, it just it made me think when I was looking at this because I knew this was going to come up. It's like you don't miss the whole point of the book because you're trying to figure out in these last three verses these details. I mean, you you have to. This is. the The word of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is is giving you an image of God where like when you read verse 10, I mean, now this is big picture what he's saying. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while, will himself, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. I mean, that was kind of the point mm-hmm. of the entire letter, which is why is right, and then, and then he just closes it out in a, on a personal level. And you got to remember, he's he's up in years here when when he wrote this. Oh yeah, and uh, especially you, you sense that in Second Peter, right. which I think is why he's the end is near, and he's thinking of in that type of mindset. Right, oh, which yeah. is what you tend to do the older you get. So I, I like it, too, it, that he says, I've written you briefly to encourage you. And then back to that point in verse 10, Jace, he says, testifying this is the true grace of God. So in other words, this is a testimony of grace. 
And I, and I love that because that's how he closed the book as well. And then there's a call to stand firm in that grace. And we're really going to hit that theme quite a bit in the first chapter in Second Peter as well. But I really, yeah, I think you're right. This is the foundation. I mean, it made me think, reflecting on this, there comes a point uh, when you're thinking about modern day Christianity and who we are, you can you can like have a building and and make it bigger and that technically would be growth cuz but it's like a mechanical growth you could somebody could finance you you could look and see this huge building is getting bigger and bigger that doesn't necessarily mean anything if if it was not based on the grace of god and and the people being changed by the grace of god you're just building big structures and I mean you you could that's not spiritual growth and so uh, that's really what he's going to get into and, and going back to this reference in first uh, Peter 2 where because I'm trying to connect what was what we're going to study in second Peter but when he said first uh, Peter 2 where he was talking about like newborn uh, two two babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation which i really believe that's what second peter is about but when you think about what that is we tend to focus on just the actual being born again but everywhere jesus and peter and they use these metaphors it's like a flower or a baby well guess what that takes time it yeah. you, you don't no matter what you give a baby they're not just going to, they're, they're an adult. And what I'm saying is the foundation, the, the, what makes it from mechanical to spiritual is the grace of God. The grace of God, the longer you are basking in the grace of God and the hope and the resurrection, which is specifically the gospel, that that's where that organic growth takes off from. Yeah. What you have to have, if you're going to, like you think about what, these folks were under fierce persecution. So, you know, they, they had to move on out of necessity. They had to move on beyond just the new birth and they, and they had to move on to sanctification and to maturity and to the, the, the deepening of their faith. Cause you can't withstand the onslaught that's coming, you know, particularly with these guys, like, the, like there was a lot that was coming after them. So there's this call to then be participators. And you see the same thing in the, we're going to get into it in the next, I think the next chapter of the first chapter of second Peter, it's this idea that it's not just about getting saved uh, from sin. It's, it's that God's saving us to a new life. That is a continual. I like the word incubation, you know, like you're, you're, you're being incubated in the spirit. You know, that's the whole indwellment of the Holy spirit. You're it's, it's uh, I like the word transformative. I like I like words like that because they're they're more like ongoing. I think the temptation for us though is to think I want this one and done salvation so that I can I can contain it and be done with it, and then I get my get out of hell free card. But I'm like, man, it's so much more than that. It's so much more than getting out of hell free. It's it's being connected with who God is, and I think when you go to what Paul said either in First or Second Thessalonians when he he defines hell. He says it's uh, being shut out from the presence of the Lord. And if you think if, that, if that's what hell is, is being shut out from the presence of the Lord, or in Romans chapter 1 when he defines wrath, he says wrath is when God just turns you over to yourself. You know, Then you start to understand that the reward is not eternal existence. It's not that I get to exist eternally, autonomously. The reward is that my existence is in the presence of him. And I think that's what this process that you're talking about, Jace, is about. It's it's um, awakening us to the reality that true life is found when we are living in, in, God, in the presence of God, that he's that beautiful and that wonderful and he's, and he's that good, you know? Well, I think that's why the grace is the arching theme because all of us, all four of us have raised children, right? And we know that, as Jace, you mentioned over this over the course of time, if grace isn't at the heart of that, you, you know when you raise children, they're going to make mistakes throughout the course of their lives. And so, if if you don't have grace as an arching theme as you're raising children, you're going to be very frustrated 
who you're, the process of raising those children is the same thing with God and us. That's why that has to be right at the central core. And, and that's why this keeps coming up when you think about the concept of salvation. Well, I think it's everybody's tempted when you first get in. Because you, you haven't realized, even though you said Jesus is going to be the Lord of my life, and you're accepting Jesus you know, as your Lord, and you're surrendering and submitting the nature of man and going to the you know babies and how they, by nature, operate, it, it quickly becomes about you. Because this process of understanding, that's why it says grace is the key, is you realize, you know, a lot of people that I've, uh, you know, shared Jesus with and been a part of their their conversion, they already had a supposed conversion, or many of them. And it's like when you're trying to figure out what the problem was, in all these instances, it was all a mechanical-type conversion where they were just doing good things, going to church, reading the Bible, understanding looking at this from an informational standpoint but there was no life you know organic uh source that was like the focus which you know is the holy spirit of god it it was all just like a mechanical i'm doing all these things so so i can go to heaven and uh at some point i think everyone must realize well wait a minute Th- this is not about me I'm never going to be able to have enough accolades or do enough stuff to be impressive to God. That That's what I keep referring to, that there has to be this moment where you realize, well, wait a minute, I, I'm getting in the way by trying to earn this or, or, or trying to be something that I feel good about. And so I think when you, because we're going to get into this in Second Peter, but when he starts talking about this, not forgetting, I mean, not forgetting that your sins were cleansed. And if you do that, you will never fall away. Well, you're like, well, how could somebody forget that? Because I think that's where we're, we're getting off here. Well, people get off of it because they're not putting who God is and what he did into our practical life. It was, it's just something like a course you get the information. Yeah, you add on. It's an add-on. Yeah, you add that, and you go out and do a few yeah. good things. You're, you're at church all the time. But so when you're in real life, you, you don't see his presence or how he's worked because it, it's not at the forefront or the core of who you are. And so you're basically forgetting his grace in the moment. Right. So, so I mean, just to give an example well, th- of that. Think- well, go ahead. Go ahead, Zach. Now, I was gonna, you think about how Paul, when Paul sets up his argument in the book of Romans, it's he starts off with this um, phrase where he says, you know, basically I was called to apostleship to bring the uh, Gentiles to the obedience of faith. And then he lamblasts the Gentiles for how debaucherous they were. And he talks about the, for the wrath of God is being revealed. And he lays out all the crazy stuff they were into, the worship of idols and all that stuff all the sexual stuff, the sins. All, he just paints this really dark, dark picture of darkness, of sin. And then, he, and then he flips it, and he says, and to the Jew, he says, you think that you're better, but you, you do the same things that, that you judge them for, so you're, you're condemned. And so it's like this. The first three chapters of the book of Romans is like the, the word is condemnation. You, you read like when he, he quotes here um, from the Old Testament, he says, there is no one righteous not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks for God. All have turned aside together. They have all become useless. This is like horrible news. There is none who does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongue, they keep deceiving. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their, their feet are swift to sw- uh, shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their paths, and, and, and the path of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And you think, man, he's, talking about, like, he's about to bring the good news. But <laughs> before Paul brings any good news in the book of Romans, he, he points out the fact that what you just said, Jace, 
you're not going to bootstrap yourself up. You're not going to earn anything in this equation. You bring not, the only thing you bring to the table is just total depravity. You're just you are sick. You're twisted. You're dead. I mean, like you, you're not bringing anything. And that's like a it sounds horrible, but it's a great starting place to understand our condition, because when you understand your condition as being lost, not just lost, but being a rebel and in, in rebellion to the to the holy God, when 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 grace comes, then you can truly appreciate grace for what it is. But you can't appreciate what you are saved from if you don't really think that what you were saved from was that bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. you can't really appreciate it. Well, I think his point, because they're they're suffering because they're unashamed that Jesus is Lord. So, and and it would rightfully so. You'd have a problem with that because you're like, well, I'm doing God's work. How come He's not protecting me in in, in this moment? And so that's why He's reminding them this is about His grace, His timing, His uh, you know, resurrection, His eternity and us being surrendering and trusting him in that. So I think that was the reminder, but look, it's not, it's not unlike any conversation I've had with all my kids when they were all, most of them were, when they were teenagers, they were like, I mean, this person is saying bad things about me and that they're just, they're just cutting me down at every turn. And so you're like, what is the answer? It was like, well, God loves you. You're special. Why are you letting someone else, dictate how you feel about yourself. I mean, we've all had those conversations because really you're like, well, they know that, but it's not the focus of their life in the moment. And so they're, even though they know the fact about it in real life, this person's hurting their feelings and they're not being as popular as they want, or they're, you know, their boyfriend broke up with them or whatever, all these things are happening. And so you, you know, you go back to that and, and it's biblical. I mean, even in the Corinthians, he's like, I want to remind you of the gospel. You're like, well, how, could, how did they not know the gospel? It, it's different when you're not living it in your everyday circumstance, seeing God's power and grace in that moment. When you finally get to Romans 8, what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, which we all have. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned, but this takes time for a human being when he goes from lost to save, and now he has the spirit of God in him. He's, he's received Jesus by faith. He's been baptized, came up. So he condemned sin and sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the sinful nature. That's what we did up until our conversion. But according to the Spirit, with well, the time frame it takes to change, switch that over, it's a never-ending uh, It's a long struggle. time. Yeah, it's, it's a, a long, long time. time. It's a long time. Before, then that's why I, I keep bringing up in, during these uh, lessons right here, you, you don't go around doing good because you think somehow you've earned something. You do good because you know God has saved you through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why you do good. You don't earn it. You can't earn anything. You just practice doing good, being like Jesus, and your sins are not counted against you. But it takes time to get that sinful nature pushed back and the fruit of the Spirit to come forth. Love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You say, those qualities don't come overnight. There's a growing process. Who was that? Rest Yeah. Oh, it'll make you better grow. And, and, and to Paul's <laughs> point on that, that, they are called the fruit of the Spirit for a reason, because yep. they're not ours. To, we, don't, we don't possess them, and we also don't manufacture them. Those are, those are byproducts of pursuing God, and when you said, I love what you said about the um, the why, why we do good works. It's not to earn anything. It's it's because of what he's done. But it it is uh, another good motivation for doing good works. Is um, what does it say that uh, the true worship is to offer your body as a living sacrifice to God, yep. holy and pleasing to God. Yep. Um, and it says somewhere in there. 
I think it's in the same text, or maybe it's another text says that who by constant use, that's in Hebrews, right? By constant use, yeah. the mature have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. I, th- I think that's in Hebrews chapter Hebrews five. Um, Hebrews five, and I think that's another reason a good motivation for doing good works is that by those practices, you will train yourself to distinguish what is good from what is evil. And you, your, your desires will be shaped by what you do. So, so we get a lot of questions in, um, on this podcast from people that are getting out of sin, which I love. I love that we have baby Christians. We've got people that have been walking with the Lord for 30, 40 years. But one of the questions we get is, man, I'm, I'm struggling with this, whether it's pornography or drug addiction or alcohol. I can't, I, I still want to do it. What do I do? And the answer is you walk with Jesus over a lifetime and over a lifetime, those those desires will diminish and will be replaced with the desire for righteousness. And what Jesus said is, if you desire righteousness, if that's what you hunger for, what does he say? He said, you'll be blessed. You know, and so I think that's the reason why another big reason why we do good works is that we're doing it to be formed, to be formed into a, a kind of person that would want to be with God in heaven forever. And so when the reward comes, it's like, yeah, we've been waiting on this our whole life. Yeah, there are a lot of these rednecks. You got to just train them to, to pull the covers back and eyeball their own woman. Said she's got what all the rest of them have. Have at it. <laughs> Was this the checking for ticks? Uh, are we yeah, going to throw back to that? Take a right, right turn, Clyde. <laughs> I don't know where we swerved into that, but that's what, what you call redneck wisdom. There, that's pretty nerve. wise, though. I mean, it's <laughs> it's that's pretty. That's, that's, that's a good perfect, wisdom. That's a perfect note to end on. Uh, we're out of time. We got what I call the big finale uh, for this book coming up in our overtime. If you want to follow us over blazetv.com slash unashamed. Next podcast, we're gonna get into Second Peter. Uh, which uh, which will take us into our next study. So uh, we'll see you in overtime. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.